welcome back to Modern Revolutionist. So this week I'm going to talk to you about something a little bit different. The last three weeks kind of built on each other. They were very interconnected and interrelated and very enabling of each other. There's a symbiotic relationship between the previous three topics. But this week we're going to go in a new direction. So today I'm going to talk to you about spirituality. And I know this is something that you may not be expecting on this podcast because it's called Modern Revolutionist and it's all about creating change, internal change, external change, really revolutionizing the world through a lot of people that come into an evolution of themselves and then move forward with the capacity to create change. But what happens when a person actually goes within and comes into themselves? What happens when a person reaches that inner state of connection? What happens when that person reaches an inner state of alignment to their soul, to their heart, to their higher mind? What happens when that person has a deep knowing of who they are in the world, what they're meant to do in the world? They find their place in the world. And that place in the world has some kind of cosmic intelligence to it. Some kind of cosmic design is behind it. Because once you come into that realization, you realized you were designed for something. And the world is designed to enable you to live out that design. That is divine intelligence. You could call it quantum intelligence if you want the more scientific label. You can just call it intelligence, consciousness design. There's an intricate quantum design to our universe. It is not accidental that the universe operates this way. Now, I am not talking about God here as being the master creator. This is not a religious focus at all. Whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God is irrelevant to what I'm saying. What I am saying is that the universe is designed in a very intelligent way through quantum energy. So what does spirituality even have to do with that? Because this could be more of a quantum consciousness conversation. This could be more of a quantum energy conversation, right? This could be someone who's really dancing at the fringe of quantum physics, even someone who's maybe going a little ancient and bringing in hermetics into the modern era again, someone who's digging up ancient ways of seeing things and putting them into a modern context. And that's really what we should be doing across the board because our ancient teachers, they knew things. They knew things before we knew things, meaning it's taken us a long time to get to a point where we can have understanding of things, where we can hold it and accept it because we were waiting for science to tell us it is true. But we know these things are true that are being proven now with quantum mathematical equations. Why? Because ancient teachers taught us these things. We had quantum physicists from antiquity that were showing up in the world and acting as our greatest philosophers, our greatest teachers, our greatest prophets. What is it that they understood? They understood the quantum world. They understood quantum energy. They understood quantum consciousness. Quantum consciousness is the cutting edge of consciousness research, of genetics research, of psychological research of sociological research. And it's also the cutting edge of spiritual understanding. There's a lot of overlap between quantum physics and spirituality, and that may surprise you. It surprises many. 
but this is the direction that we're going in as a society. We are understanding things in a higher way, quantum wise, and in a higher way, cosmologically, and in a higher way, spiritually. And when these three things converge, you realize our universe is divinely designed. It is a quantum intelligence system. And the more awareness you can hold, the higher your state of consciousness, the more spiritual you become. These parallel. So you have people that go down a spiritual path and they are spiritual students and they do their work over long periods of time and they come into higher states of perception that you can call enlightenment. What is enlightenment? It is a higher, more expanded state of consciousness. Then you have people that are doing a lot of inner work, soul growth work, soul development work, and they are coming into a state of higher perception that you call enlightenment. Now that may surprise you that these people are reaching the same state that a lot of the spiritual masters do. And we don't call them spiritual masters unless they reach that state of enlightenment. And how do we know that? We know that because they reach a state of perception of the world and they understand a couple key things. They understand we are all connected. We are all binded together. We are all a part of this creation force that exists. There is an underlying unifying way about the entire cosmological system. There's an entire way of unifying people, plants, animals, systems, planetary systems. So you can look at our own solar system and then you can zoom into our planetary system and then you can zoom into any natural environment. You can zoom into any community environment. You can zoom into any family environment. What you see is divine design at every single level, from the atomic level to the universal level. And there's many levels in between those two things. So why would I even focus on spirituality? Right now, I'm just trying to tie this together for you so you can understand that there's a lot converging in the world. And the purpose of this is to lay a foundation for a modern spiritual perspective. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is that in today's world, in this modern world, we are beings that are becoming more aware of our own soul, our own innate ways of operating, our differences, meaning, yes, we are all equal, but we are also all individualized to a degree. There's a lot of things about each of us that make us unique, and we are learning how to identify those and how to honor those in the way that we live, because the way that we live is meant to be in alignment with those, meaning we were born to express ourselves in a certain way and do something in particular, right? Live out our purpose. A lot of people are coming into their purpose right now for a reason, because we are aware that we have a purpose and we want to have that profound level of meaning and create value in our life and to feel fulfilled and content. How do you do that? You do that through purpose-driven work. You do that by living in alignment to your own purpose. So how are you designed to live out your purpose? Simple. You follow the natural way that you were designed to live. Every one of us is designed to be a certain way. We have gifts. We have natural inclinations. We have ways of being. We have capabilities and abilities. And all of these happen, just so happen, to perfectly enable us to fulfill our own unique purpose. Now, we may share purpose, right? One of us can be called to be a teacher and someone else can be called to be a teacher. 
But there's going to be, if that is your purpose, a unique way that you do that, that you bring yourself to that role and a unique way that you fulfill that role. And that is your purpose in action. That is you in action and purpose fulfillment. That is inherently a spiritual process. Now, you may disagree with that and think I'm not a spiritual person, but if you have a soul, if you have an energy system, a spirit, you are a spiritual person. So let's redefine spirituality right now. Spirituality is not just a construct. It is not just an Eastern religion. It is not someone who meditates, who practices yoga, who is into their own chakra system and learning about it, who is always chasing the kundalini energy, who is into the tantric path. On I could go. Those are pathways, and I'm not going to discount that because they are valid pathways. They are beneficial pathways. I would say meditation is probably one of the most important things people can do because it enables us to quiet our mind, to get beyond ourself, to get beyond our own ego and begin the inner connection process. But you can also meditate your whole life and not get very far in terms of soul evolution, and you surely aren't reaching any state of enlightenment. But that's okay. The point is that you get beyond your monkey mind and you get a glimpse beyond your own ego, hopefully. Hopefully you don't have a spiritual ego that is rising up. The ego that tells you that you are more evolved than others and so you are better than others. If that is you, you are on the wrong path and you are missing the entire point of all of your practices. I'm speaking to the people that use meditation and all of these other practices as a means to get beyond their ego and to come into an inner state of connection and then alignment and then higher perception. That is the spiritual path because that is the soul's evolutionary journey. Once you get to a certain point, you begin to transition from an evolutionary soul journey to an expansion soul journey. And that's a most profound and pivotal moment for a soul for a person, for a human being. That is the moment when they begin to live in a higher way in their own life. They become very empowered in their own life and they become a very enabling force to others around them because they are a source of higher energy. They also have higher perception. Your higher mind comes into play in these instances and that higher mind offers you something. It offers you a meta perspective, a greater perspective, a deeper perspective, a broader perspective. It offers you the ability to have greater awareness, connect more dots, have deeper understanding of things, understand more truth beyond the distortion field of lower functioning people around you or lower functioning environments or lower operating systems that you move through. Once you can begin to see things from a higher perspective and you can hold that perspective and understand the real forces that are at work, you begin to truly operate in a different way through those systems around those people in those environments. That is someone who is on a path of higher consciousness. Now, they may not consider themselves a spiritual person, but anyone who lives in alignment with their own soul and own heart and honors themselves in the sense that they know what is correct for them and they honor that and they show up in the world authentically and correctly from that place, they are a spiritual being. Now, we are all spiritual beings in the sense that we all have a soul and a spirit, but I want to take that a little bit further and live as a spiritual person. What does that really mean? It means living in a state of interconnection. It means living in a state of knowing who you are, living in authenticity, aligning to that knowing, 
which is aligning to your soul and heart center, and then to your higher mind. You connect yourself within through that, and then you are no longer a fragmented person. Now, there's a lot of work that goes into that process, and this is the work of the person who wants to develop themselves, who wants to heal themselves, who wants to evolve themselves. That work looks like the work of self-acceptance, the work of self-integration, the work of self-discovery, the work of self-love. We hear this term a lot, self-love. What does that mean? It does not mean self-care and it does not mean self-help. Although when you prioritize those, you are doing things that nurture your own self and that is positive. Hopefully, unless you're doing it to feed your own ego, you're doing it because you're so wrapped up in what you look like in your external presentation to the world. That's a very egoic place to live from. That is not self-love. That is self-gratification, and that is distortion. But that's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about coming into a place of embodiment of love within yourself, being centered in yourself as a person, being grounded in your own authentic self, knowing who that is, and embodying the state of love within you. When you can fill yourself up with love in that way, that is being the embodiment of love and that creates a new internal state that is very stable emotionally, very stable mentally, very clear, very compassionate, very understanding and tolerant and accepting, and very strong because love is power. Compassion is a power state. Compassion is living in truth and seeing people in truth where they are and honoring where they are and honoring them as a human being with sovereign rights to act the way that is right for them within whatever laws and regulations are appropriate and also to honor their own sovereign mind and sovereign feelings. So let's talk about sovereignty because I think sovereignty is a core aspect of being a spiritual person. We think of sovereignty in a very low way, in a very baseline way, like we do with many things in the world. We think if we can hit baseline states and give people basic human rights, meet their basic human rights, that they are sovereign beings and we have done our work and they should be happy. But sovereignty expands beyond just the actions. It actually expands into your internal state. You're sovereign to think and feel the way you want to think and feel, and no one can take that from you. And if they're trying to change the way you think and feel, they're projecting on you. They may be trying to help you, especially if you have very undermining ways of thinking and feeling because you have inner work to do, but they certainly are not there to force themselves and their belief systems on you or to judge you so harshly for it that they cannot treat you equally for what you believe and what you think and feel. That's a higher level of sovereignty, and that's a higher level of sovereignty that I think our world needs to begin to pivot towards. When we can honor people for that, we are honoring them in their fullest sense, and then we are honoring them as a spiritual person. It sounds like I am making connections between things that are not there, that are non-existent. Like I'm stretching a little too far and I'm just not really seeing it. But I'm trying to craft some story and I'm doing it in a way that is just a little unbelievable. But hear me out, because when we can honor people in this higher way, we honor their own soul and their own heart center to dictate what is correct for them to think and feel, and then to take action from that aligned place, that place of knowing within themselves. We are honoring the individualistic nature within a person. 
we are honoring their sovereign rights to who they are. And if we choose to judge them from that position, then we are saying much about who we are and not too much about who they are. It is true that our world is filled with judgment. Judgment creates separation. It creates division. It puts people below us and us above them when we judge them. We make ourselves feel better. We appease our ego every time we judge another. Judgment is something that's really hard to break. And if anyone's on the spiritual path, if you are a spiritual student, this will be something that you really tackle at some point because this is the biggest inhibitor to people reaching higher states of being, higher states of knowingness, higher states of consciousness. It is an actual barrier that prevents you from your own evolution. You can't even move into the expansive state when you are someone who is stuck in the mud of judgment. You cannot honor other people correctly because you cannot see other people correctly because you are living in pure distortion when you live in a world that is filled with your own judgments. It's a really sad state to be in, especially because we have a lot of people who are highly intelligent who are actually some of the most judgmental people that you could ever know. Sometimes as we become higher in consciousness and we can see more, we actually begin to judge more because we can see the atrocities in people's behavior. We can see the inequalities. We can see the incorrectness, the incongruencies, the lack of integrity. We see it. We know it's wrong. We know it's not the right way to live. And so we begin to judge and judge and judge and judge. And we are harming ourselves in that process. And we are limiting our own evolution of self. Now, you don't need to be someone who's on the spiritual path to be able to hold yourself through a spiritual lens. And in fact, I would say to be on a spiritual path doesn't necessarily serve you in the way you might think because you don't need to take up yoga to hold yourself through a spiritual lens. You simply need to honor yourself as being the vehicle for a soul and a spirit first and foremost. It's a complete reorientation in what you think is important about you. We really think we are all physical body and we are all mental. It is all our mind and it is all our body that matters. And we are completely neglecting the part of us that actually really matters, the part of us that is central to who we are. And that's because it's very hard to get a glimpse of that. It's hard to understand what our own soul is if you cannot get beyond your own ego, if you cannot quiet your own mind. If you have a mind that is running amok all the time with busy thought streams day in and day out, you cannot see that you are the consciousness behind your active thought. You cannot see that that consciousness is coming from your own soul's expression of self nestled within you and that that self-expression wants to be authentic and correct. It wants to be someone who is living their purpose and is living according to how they are designed to operate. It wants you to see that. It wants you to slow down, slow down your life so you can slow down your mind, so you can tune in, go inward, attune to yourself and self-reflect enough that you can get a glimpse of yourself beyond your own ego and you can begin the process of coming into a state of inner connection, connecting to what really matters to you, connecting to who you really are, connecting to what you are really meant to do, connecting to how you are really meant to do it, connecting to what is really going to make you feel fulfilled, connecting to what gives you meaning and value, connecting to what you are naturally designed to express out in the world, connecting to what makes you feel whole and connected and joyous 
connecting to the things that create inner states of peaceful serenity. Connecting then back to your mind with intention, not letting it take the reins and get out of control, and that higher mind will begin to activate, and then you can connect to your higher perception. It's the most profound process a person can go through because it's a life-changing process, and it does go in that order that I just said. When we live that way, we honor who we are, and we are a soul and a spirit first, and then we are a mind, and then we are a physical body that simply houses all the rest. Your value is the complete compilation of all that is who you are. Your value is not dictated by your body alone or by your mind alone, meaning your intellect alone. I'm going to say that again because it's kind of a hard one for people to accept, especially because we live in a world where so many people are so low functioning that they adhere to all of these low functioning societal values that are completely askew and incorrect and tell you things like the way you look is what matters most. And we have roles out in the world with titles like image consultants. That is a symbol of someone who is so deep in their own ego that they do not understand what the authentic self really is. People who take advice from people with these ridiculous roles and titles are people who are looking to cultivate an image that tells the world that they are of value based on these external markers of value that have nothing to do with who they really are because they have no clue who they really are, and they have no clue how to show up authentically in the world. And sadly, we take advice from these people. Sadly, we listen to them, and then we rate our own self-value based on these ridiculous things that are happening out there, based on the ridiculous things that people that are fully connected and adherent to their own ego are saying. You need to release that. You need to release listening to other external sources. And I'm just using that one as an example. I could give you many more. But the point is, go within, connect to your authentic self, get to know who you are. And that puts you into a position of understanding yourself at a soul level, at a spirit level. And then you can begin to honor yourself in that way by living according to who you really are when you are standing in your authentic self. And when you are standing in your authentic self, you are standing in your own power. Welcome to the pathway to self-empowerment. There are a handful of things that go into becoming a person who is self-empowered in the right way. And this is the path that takes you in that direction. Enough of the force and the hustle the over-productivity, the uber-productivity people. Enough of this. It drains you creatively, energetically. You are designed to live in flow. You are designed to be creative. You are designed to do what is correct for you. And to live in flow is to live in a higher state of alignment and of authenticity. Go down that pathway and you will begin to go through a natural process because once you begin to connect to your own soul, your soul begins to lead you forward. And when it leads you forward, it leads you through a process and that process inherently takes you through certain steps and certain things. And then you begin to have this higher awareness. And when you have this higher awareness state, you begin to operate more correctly and then you begin to get it. You begin to understand certain things. You begin to understand what it means to live authentically, what it means to live in correctness for yourself, and how to live in flow. You begin to understand that when you honor your soul and spirit, you are living correctly, you are living in alignment, and you begin to operate in the world in a different way. 
Now, you can call that being a spiritual person or you can call that being a very soulful person. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you connect to yourself enough that you can actually hear your own soul talking to you. And your soul has a voice. It is always trying to speak to you, trying to nudge you, trying to give you confirmation or trying to warn you as you make each decision in your life, what is correct for you and not, what is resonant for you and not, what is in alignment for you and not. Oftentimes we can't hear it. And so we make decisions based on external decision markers, based on external things. We are not making decisions for ourselves in the correct way. And one of the ways we can do that is to become connected to our own soul and be able to listen to that inner voice. And that inner voice will guide us forward and it will guide us correctly 100% of the time. You never have to worry about making the right decision for yourself once you come into that inner state of connection. Connection is the starting point for the spiritual person. Alignment is the second point. Higher perception is the third self-empowerment is the fourth. These are really, really positive things that await you as you go on this journey. If you don't know if you are a spiritual person, that's okay. You do not have to adhere to any Eastern religion practice or any type of specific construct. You don't even have to meditate, but you do have to learn how to quiet your own mind and find inner stillness. Whether you do that through meditation or contemplation, it doesn't really matter. When you meditate, just find inner stillness so you can begin to get control of your mind. Mind mastery is a very advanced path. Self-mastery is too. But just get control so that the mind is not running you and the ego is not dominating you and your perception. That is the way that you begin to make little changes and shifts and pivots in your life towards connecting to your own soul and spirit. Now, what does this have to do with being a revolutionary? What does this have to do with change? Well, it's a truism that all change begins within. And to come into a state of being fully self-empowered and having the right perception of the kind of change that is needed in the world You need to be in a position of inner connection and inner knowing of how you're meant to show up in the world and how you are designed to create that change. This is that process. You can call it a spiritual process. You can call it a soul process. You can call it a psychological process. It doesn't really matter. But I happen to like the spiritual label and I have happened to redefine spirituality into a new modern way that I think is all about interconnection and oneness. As you gain higher perception, you automatically begin to embody these higher ways of seeing the world. You understand the concepts like oneness and unity. You get them on a very deep level and you feel more connected to everything in the world because you are connected within Connection always begins within or you cannot feel connection without. Do the inner work and the world around you begins to change. And most importantly, your perception of the world around you begins to change. That is a spiritual journey. The soul journey is a spiritual journey. The human journey is a spiritual journey. Thank you so much for listening.